Hi guys, uh, the episode that you're just about to listen to is generously sponsored by our affiliates, Board Game Crate. Board Game Crate uh, provide a monthly subscription service where they get fresh new games delivered straight to your door. Just head over to www.boardgamecrate.co.uk and furthermore, if you use our discount code UnluckyFrogIsAwesome, all lowercase, all one word, you'll get a cheeky little discount. It's easy to remember because it's true. Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your two usual hosts here, Josh Hartley and Ben Porter. How are we doing, Ben? We're doing okay. We are suffering through a very rare heat wave. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I'm really enjoying it, to be fair. And I'm getting like to the point where... See see the people who were complaining about how bad the weather was a few weeks ago? Yeah. And are now complaining about how hot the weather is? Yeah. Um, losing a little bit of patience for those people, to be honest. Really? Well, what do you want? But you're you're normally quite a patient guy, as well. Yeah, but it's like, well, come on, man. This, it's like the universe just went. Well, I thought this is what you wanted. You wanted blistering heat and sunshine, and now I've given it to you. You, you, you're just moaning again. Weather people, yeah, enjoy the sunshine. You know, it's. It's uh, it's nice. I'm, I'm so I am suffering a little under the the pollen count. Yeah, I've got a little bit of hay fever as well, yeah. but it is a price I am willing to pay. Yeah, it's been nice, like you say. Yeah. Like, I mean, before we were recording, we had pizza in the garden. Yeah, I know it was great. Yeah, it was great. Um, it's been, it, it feels like it's, and I say this every time it's an episode where it's just us two. Feels like it's been a little while since it's been just a, a yeah. Josh and Ben episode. Yeah. Well, we've um, we've had a, quite a few guests on. the The team's grown mm-hmm. a little bit in the, the last two years, so it's it's nice to get back to our roots. Yeah. Of just talking rubbish. Yeah. Right. But yeah. Um. So what what have we got to discuss this week? So, uh, news wise, we've got a uh, a few few items. Um, later on, uh, we are going to talk a little bit more in depth about some new guidelines mm-hmm. that Kickstarter have published, and they're quite interesting because they they address things that are practices that that are quite widely used. Yeah. Um, so, wh- whether or not they actually enforce this, as you say, remains to be seen. But we'll talk a bit more about mm-hmm. that. Later on in the in the show, um, but we got we got some uh, for, first on the itinerary. Mm-hmm. We've got a new announcement from Renegade Studios. Yep, uh, it's a game called Clip Cut Parks. Okay, try saying that with a drink in you. No, <laughs> <laughs> Clip Cut Parks. Yeah, Clip Cut. Parks. You're skating on thin ice there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what's the deal with uh, Clip Cut Parks? Really, it is 
sort of next evolution in the 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 roll and write right. genre, um, where instead of like scoring things out or drawing them out on your pad, mm-hmm. you're cutting things out. So okay, that's neat. Yeah, so sort of. A little different. Paper craft meets tabletop. Yeah, game. I suppose like my my first thoughts were like, um, oh well, that that sucks because eventually your game's destroyed. Yeah, and presumably there's only so much that you can cut out of it. But well, that because you get a hundred sheets on the pad, right? Right. So it you're probably gonna have. I I don't think most people are gonna run out. Yeah, I, I, well, that, that's the point I was just going to make. It's like it's the same logic with the uh, legacy games, right? You know, yeah. it's it's you, you're probably not going to play that game a hundred times. Yeah, I mean, it's like sometimes when I'm over at my parents' house, I'll go through the old collection of like Trivial Pursuit and stuff like that, and the still pads score are still cards there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So there's that element to it, but mm-hmm. there's a little part of me where I'm not sure how I feel about it and the sort of... Well, I mean, it always... Uh, as, as always, the proof will be in the pudding, but, like, how, how do you feel about roll and write games in general? I feel like it's it's a bit like highbrow bingo. <laughs> uh, and, uh, there's going to be an angry mob of roll and write, <laughs> write fans beating down my door for that, but... It doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Um, I I quite like an elegant means of tracking statistics and such right. within a game. Um, it, it's one of the things actually we said that we quite admired about Bar Pig. Is right. That they've yeah. come out with a clever way of tracking yeah, level yeah. and the other stats that you need in, in the game. I I feel sometimes like whenever you have to write things down in a game, it's like, oh, do I have to? No. I, I, I would never um I'd never turn down playing a roll and write if someone asked me to. Yeah. But at the same time Yeah, I mean I I, I would probably agree with that. I yeah. think if someone suggested let's play a roll and write. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. So when when is this set for release then? So Clipcart Parks is slated for an October release. Okay, do Well, we'll uh, keep you posted, guys, and if we get a chance, we'll uh, let you know our thoughts on the game itself. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's always nice to see people trying to innovate a bit yeah. more. So, um, it's, it's something Bez has touched upon a couple of times that, like, it, even a bad game is valid because, hi, <laughs> because it's a bad example. Yeah. Well, it's not just that. It, it's if you're looking at it from the creative perspective, mm-hmm. it's a failed experiment. Yeah, and you need all of those field experiments in order yeah, to get to true, true. to to hit the motherload, as it were. So there we are. So that's Clipcut Parks. What else has been uh, on the on the horizon? Um, so Isle of Cats, uh, which is the the next game from City of Games. Yes, and uh, what's neat about these is they're all set in the same universe, uh, but. Isle of Cats has just launched this week on Kickstarter uh-huh. and it has already smashed all of its Aye, funding goals. As, I, as it always was going to. As predicted. Really pretty looking game. We're actually going to have Frank West on the show next week. Yes. To, so to talk about it. That. Yeah. So looking forward to uh, 
getting our hands on on that at some point. It's a polyomino game where you're rescuing these sort of fantastical looking cats from an island. So it's albeit it's it's set in the same universe of as the the city of kings. You're not playing a, a gallant warrior. Yeah, very different tone of game. You're just trying to get all the cats off the boat before yeah. the island gets destroyed. So. There we go. Yeah. Uh, pandemic rapid response. Yes. So this is launched this week. Latest uh, iteration of pandemic. I, I was saying before we went on air, like kind of. Um, I think this is probably like the last place that they can take that game, like making it a real time experience. Yeah. Right. So you you're more of a pandemic fan than I am. So yes. what what are your thoughts and feelings on this? No, I think it, I th- I think it's a, a good way to change up the game because it. I love pandemic, but uh, after you've played it a few times. Um, it, it can feel a bit samey and uh, the other thing is it, it it can become quite a slow paced game as well as you're meticulously planning each and every move one of the other problems I think you have with a lot of cooperative games is that if you play them enough times you can effectively solve them Aye. for want of a better word right. so time pressure and a bit of randomness uh, is uh, something that I think will spice that formula up a bit yeah uh freshen it up a bit but i think this is i think this is pandemic running its course now i mean we've we've done plenty of pandemic games i th- i think it in the the sort of timeline of tabletop games pandemic's always going to be an important one. Oh yeah but and i've said this before about Catan. that mm. um Catan similarly is a very important game and that it, it changed the way uh, not just that the game design was approached, but the yeah. way that games were played, all of that sort of thing. Uh, but in a similar way to like music act, like like the Beatles and things like that, like they will always be important. Uh-huh. But people take what they've done and they run with it in different ways. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of Beatles purists are going to be appalled at me saying this, but there are people that have expounded upon what they did that that have been influenced and informed by what they did and have pushed things yeah. a bit more. Yeah. Exactly. And you, and the same thing happens with, with game design where the you know, the Catan purists are gonna be battering the a lot of angry people I'm envisioning for for yeah. in reaction to this yeah. episode. All, all two of them that are listening. Aye. Um but there are better worker placement games than Catan. Yeah, I mean, fair. It, no, and and you're right though. It's kind of like these are important games in the sort of the story of tabletop gaming. But yeah. uh, there's probably versions of those games that are better. Yeah. So it's like modern democracy is better than Greek democracy, Aye. but without Greek democracy, you probably wouldn't have Aye. modern democracy. So the Stranger Things. The, the starter set releases this week which I thought was really cool we saw this in uh, Static uh, yeah. when we were in town the other day um, and I mistakenly thought that uh, what it was was you playing the boys from Stranger Things but that is not the case because your, your argument was well you've got Tales from the Loop yeah uh, why would you want to play that but the uh, 
as was pointed out to us, yeah, you you're actually playing the D D campaign that they play, which I think is really awesome. Yes, yeah, so like that's uh, a neat, really nice. So touch. so you can play as like Dustin's wizard character, all yeah. that sort of thing, which is, like you say, it's a really neat idea and. Uh, Apparently functions as a starter set for Dungeons and Dragons. So, there we go. and also you get a Demigorgon mini yeah. as well. A really so. clever piece of marketing, yeah, by, by Wizards as well. Uh, last little bit of news to cover off is Target mistakenly put this out on the shelves a little bit early. I think a couple of the stores did. Okay, but uh, it's since been pulled off. But there, there is a Jaws board game lurking right. out there somewhere. Okay. okay. Tell me more. It's a one versus many game. Okay, I mean, that makes it, sense. It would have to be, right? That makes sense. So one player is the shark. It's set on Amity Island. The board is a map of Amity Island. And uh-huh. then the, the other three are the, the characters from the film uh, trying to take Jaws down. Would you Would you want to be the shark? I think, I think it's pretty much going to be a fight for who gets to be the shark, right? Aye, that's that's gonna be the most. Is the shark called Jaws? The shark is, it... is called Bruce. Oh right, okay, there we go. Uh, it's little... been a long time since I've watched Jaws. For people that are interested in a bit of uh, film history, the reason the shark is called Bruce is because Steven Spielberg named it after his lawyer. <laughs> wow. Yep. Shots fired. If you watch quite a few Steven Spielberg films, he does he does like to take a pop at lawyers. Yes. Uh, it, uh, Hook, mm-hmm. he, he does it like throughout the whole thing. Because, yeah. Um, Peter Pan, who's grown up, has become a lawyer. Oh, yeah. It's like, what's the worst thing that could happen to, to Peter, Peter Pan, Pan working in a law firm? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the shark's called Bruce. Cool. I, I don't. I don't know if he'll be referred to as that in the board game, but certainly, like on set, they uh, called him Bruce. He was called Bruce, not yeah. Jaws. Then. No, not Jaws. Jaws. Jaws is just the name of the film. Yeah. So, uh, does it look good? Production-wise, like it, it looks like a very high-quality product. Okay. It looks really nice. Um, I quite like one versus many games. Hmm. Again, do we not think like this has been done quite a bit though? Well, we, we were talking about this before recording, weren't we? That one versus many genre seems to be dominated by one or two. We're about to sink our teeth into Fury of Dracula after the recording. That's that was both a shark and a vampire <laughs> pun there. I'm so proud of myself. I, I, can, I, I can, can barely that. contain I it. I can see that. Yeah. Um, it's that razor sharp wit. Right, you've ruined it now. <laughs> I, like I, I was going to say, to be fair, I was quite impressed with that. I know I'm normally quite down yeah. with the puns, but uh, I'm back to disgust now. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll finish them. That that was <laughs> that was painful to watch and to listen to. Listeners, what do you think? Do you do you like my puns or not? Don't don't answer that. Please don't answer that. Oh, please answer that. No, I'd like to know. Um, I I think that it could be quite fun. Yeah, because well, if you think about it, really, a lot of the hidden traitor games you could lump into the same sort of genre as the one versus many. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's a similar feel to it, isn't it? Yeah. Where you're, it's just that you don't know who it is that 
Aye. You're having to watch out for you know who You know who it is you're watching out for, you just don't know where they are. I th- I think that it's got great potential to to get people interested in the hobby mm. that that maybe wouldn't be otherwise. Like a lot of people are going to see oh, a Jaws board game. Aye. And they're going to want to have a go at that, right? And then when they hear actually you get all these different kinds of one versus many games. Mm-hmm. So I I think that it it's probably got quite a bit of value as a gateway game. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it pans out, see if it's any good, yeah. and uh, report back. So, on to Kickstarter. Kickstarter again. again. So, we are expanding our Who's Been a Dick on Kickstarter this week Yeah. Uh, feature to... This is how Kickstarter is dealing with the dicks on Kickstarter, yeah. basically. Okay, so the the article that it has gone out on the Kickstarter website, mm-hmm. so this is officially from them. This isn't like this isn't just guidance that they've sent directly to some people. This is yeah. the party line now, sure. if you will. Um, it is titled "Guidance for How You Talk About Your Project." Okay. Um, or more specifically, honest and clear presentation in projects okay. is the blanket term that's been given to the whole yeah. thing. Because really, every issue that we've discussed with Kickstarter mm-hmm. over the past two years can be attributed in some way or another to how honestly the creators... A, d- a little, dis- yeah, some degree of dishonesty. Yeah. So... The really, this is more or less all presented as guidelines rather than like hard, hard and fast rules, right? Uh, but presumably, because they've got do and don't checklists for uh-huh. a variety of topics now, so presumably, if you're found to be in violation of this stuff, it could potentially mean that your your game might not get. Past. Well, but this is it then. So like, I was wondering how how are they enforcing this? And you know, if if these are just guidelines, then are they going to remove? Are they going to remove uh, someone's campaign? So on the one hand, in order for you to launch a campaign, you have yeah. to submit your campaign page for review before mm-hmm. you you even allowed to launch, and you and that gets submitted to Kickstarter. Yeah. But we've seen some absolute howlers. Aye. That should never have gotten past. Looking at you, that Game of Thrones card game. Yeah. yeah. So it begs the question of uh, is someone just being negligent? Yeah. Uh, are, are they deliberately just putting everything through because the, at the end of the day, Kickstarter gets a slice of every pie, right? Yeah. Or are they maybe using a ropey AI system to possibly to work through this stuff and the stuff's maybe just slipping through the cracks that way? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, what do you think? Oh, I, I, I think it could be a little bit of both. I don't think it's like a, a deliberate on their part, to be fair, though. I think um, I, I've got to imagine, while they're not going to get the same level of submissions as, say, YouTube would. No, no. They're going to get a lot. And uh, they've probably got a relatively small number of people devoted to overseeing that so they, they probably do implement some sort of AI to 
for for a first pass, and then maybe it goes to a human being. Yeah. After that, I don't know. I don't know how how the innards work. There's quite literally thousands of projects on Kickstarter all the time. Yeah. So, if if they are just running out of one office, which I'm pretty sure they are, I mean, mm-hmm. they're based in New York. Mm-hmm. It's quite difficult to to vet all of that content. So yeah. at, at times they will be, I guess, relying on people reporting. Well, and this was the other thing, right? It's one thing to have someone submit their campaign prior to launching it. Yeah. But some of these guidelines, which we're going to cover off, um, they relate to stuff that's going to happen after the launch as well. Yeah. So how do, the, how do you police that? How do you monitor literally thousands of so I'm not campaigns. I'm not going to go through everything. What what I think we'll do is as we go through this document, we'll read out the bolded text and then yeah. we'll look at the checklists and then we'll we'll talk about them a little sure. bit. So um, the heading for this section is carefully choose your wording and any claims you make. All right. Okay. And yeah. the the bolded text is present your project as an idea, not as a finished product. Right. So that, 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 this this is really addressing the 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 big complaint that we have about Kickstarter and that it's perceived essentially as a pre-order service. Yeah, exactly. Instead of as a crowdfunding platform. Yeah. Uh, down to the fact that a lot of companies do just use bog standard sales tactics. Yeah. It'll be, it, it, yeah, exactly. It'll talk about their product as something that is finished and ready to go in X number of months. Yeah, so uh, let's rattle through the checklist then. Uh-huh. So for the do's, you've got talk about your project and its current state and what you're hoping to achieve with your backer support. Okay, so yeah. So emphasising again that this is for you, your backers are mm-hmm. really your investors you're yeah. pitching an idea to them you're not selling them a product yeah uh, use language that speaks to your hopes and dreams such as I want to rather than language like it will which suggests that your product is finished and ready to ship yeah so it's really Kickstarter wants people to be using language that emphasises that this is a pitch. Yeah, this is this is um, yeah, this is not a, a set thing. Yeah, it's not a pre-order portal. Uh, the don'ts or the do nots. Do not talk about your awards as if they already exist. If mm-hmm. they don't yet. No. Well. Nah, duh. <laughs> it seems obvious, but it, yeah. it it comes down to dishonest use of language. Yeah. And a lot of people do talk about their. Their product is, mm-hmm. you know, down to the fact that they will, when they're talking through the game, say the game does this, this, and this, rather yeah. than the game will do yes. this, this, or we want the game to work like this. Uh, don't make assumptions about whether you'll be able to sell your product after Kickstarter, such as referring to its retail value. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, for example, 50% off retail price or 35% off MS RP. Right. Yeah. Uh, don't make guarantees or promises you can't keep. Seems yeah, it it seems like um, common sense, but you know we, we see it so often. 
uh, like it, this sort of thing happening. So I think the thing that I'd, I'd said to you before we were recording is a lot of the stuff that they address here, where it does seem obvious, it has been like standard practice for mm. a lot of people on Kickstarter. Yeah, avoid using exaggerations or making dubious claims that can't be proven. Yeah, uh, do back up any claims you make with strong third-party evidence, such yeah. as links to primary sources and independent testing or reviews. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people do that. Yep. Uh, describe your project and rewards as they exist today. Okay. Which, again, that there's a surprising amount of people that don't do that. Yeah. Do under-promise and over-deliver. Aye, not the other way around. Yeah. Don't use superlatives or puffery Oh, excellent, excellent word. To describe your project, such as the world's best, smallest, fastest, first, etc., or the ultimate, unrivaled, revolutionary, etc. Okay. So a a lot of it, as much as a lot of this stuff at first glance seems to be attacking things that the the creators have been doing, at the end of the day, most of it is there to protect them. Yeah. I mean that last one in particular. Don't use superlatives or puffery. That's that's basically helping you as yeah, a creator to avoid yeah. a massive backlash. Yeah, don't claim your thing is the world's greatest or whatever. Yeah. Uh, be transparent about your project's funding goal and popularity. Do explain how you choose your funding goal so that backers understand the full cost of what it takes to bring your project to life. You see that so little as well. Actually, they'll just. There'll be a funding goal and no explanation as to where that figure's come from. And lots of projects do that. Exactly. I would say actually most of them do that. I can't think of a project where they have said, I need to raise this much because that's going to mean I can order in bulk to be you know, cost effective. When I first started using Kickstarter, you saw it a lot. Right, okay. Uh, Probably about six years ago. Yeah. And it's something that has petered out to the point where, like you say, most companies don't even tell you where yeah. all the money's going. I'm fairly certain the the original Kingdom Come Deliverance uh-huh. uh, Kickstarter had a breakdown of... Yeah, that's good. Because, because with a video game, you, you have to pay musicians, Aye. animators, all of that stuff, so... so- Turns out it's not cheap to make a video game. Who knew? No, and that that project did grow arms and legs. Yeah, but at the same time, they didn't suffer any backlash to that. Aye, because they were transparent. Because the guy right from the beginning said that I approached several publishers in the video games industry, and all of them told me that nobody wanted a medieval role playing game. Yeah, so I'm going to try and make it myself. And. He hit quite a few delays with that. Yeah. Because what happened is it eventually became like a a triple A. A triple A title, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do disclose whether you've already received any funds uh-huh. prior to running your campaign and how you plan to use those funds. Sure. Again, that's not something that people. No, they don't talk about it or how much they're putting in themselves or. That I think is more relevant to the larger companies, right? Yeah, I would say so. Your companies like Cool Money or not, where... You've got, like, 
some funds. They're they're almost about. certainly from the last Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of the time. Yeah. Set your funding goal according to what you realistically need to completely fulfill your Kickstarter rewards instead of a low goal that will allow you to claim a quick funding success. Ah, oh, oh, yeah, funny that. Because I've actually seen quite a few Kickstarters that have funded but were cancelled. Yeah. And it's because they thought that they would get more X amount above. Aye. That that funding threshold, and they deliberately set it low so that they could then have the funded twenty four hours badge. Yeah, well, funnily enough, that's addressed later yeah. on. Yeah. Um, do not set a funding goal that won't allow you to bring your project to completion. Yeah. Or duh. accept funds on Kickstarter with the knowledge that you'll require future outside funds in order to fulfil all of your rewards. Duh. But again, these. There's been some very big profile disasters on Kickstarter where just that has happened. Yeah. Do not give any false impressions of support such as misrepresentative press or media logos. Okay. I think that is probably more relevant towards the people that are doing like paid Kickstarter reviews. Yeah. And how can you demonstrate that you're being transparent if you've been paid? Yeah, exactly. Like because because right away you've got a bias to give them a favorable review because your business depends on people paying you to do reviews. It's not it, it, it's not a problem that we come up against because we don't do that. No, um, but you know, and, and but 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 people can address that in in a way they could you know if, if someone was to disclose look. This review has been paid for. I've, um, I'm taking this on, and I'm I'm going to give you my thoughts on this product. But FYI, I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't like this product. Yeah. Then you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. It, again, that this is something we we often draw comparisons between uh, the the tabletop gaming industry and the video mm. game industry. This is a scandal that the video game industry is already. Yeah, it's already had that. Yeah. yeah, and what happened as a result of it was uh, certainly a lot of YouTubers, what they had to start doing was disclosing Aye. at the beginning of the review whether or not it was paid. And I think actually some legislation has been introduced. Yeah. Certainly uh, w- what we do, particularly in our articles, and, uh-huh. and we'll be doing in our videos going forward, is disclosing even if it's just been... A review copy has been provided. Yeah, provided, yeah. Uh, because you, you, you do want to be as transparent as possible. Mm-hmm. And if you have nothing to hide, it shouldn't be a problem to you to disclose yeah. that anyway, right? Aye, exactly. Um, do not... This is a big one. Yeah. Add popularity badges, such as funded in five hours, to your projects, images, videos... Or description. I think every single Kickstarter project that I've ever seen that is successfully funded has had that. <laughs> yep. But that's but that's because it has been standard practice, and maybe we'll now see a lot less of it. I hope so, and I, I think it is again trying to steer the ship back on course. That look, this isn't a pre-order portal. Yeah. Because uh, the like 
those sorts of badges, that's the things you see on like QVC and things like that. <laughs> it's a sales tactic. Are you right? are, are you um, trying to diminish the quality of the products of such great companies like JML? I because the J, JML came up with a slang kit, Ben. They came up with the slang kit. Who came up with the sticky buddy? Was that JML? I can't mind. What was the sticky buddy? It's it's like a it's basically a lint roller, but it's got like fingers on it. Oh, that's really creepy. So you so you can roll it. Oh, that's horrifying. So it, it gets to the other places that uh, traditional that lint rollers don't get. Just don't reach. Yeah. Okay. And you just rinse it off when you're done, and then rinse yourself because you feel <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually quite useful. Yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that it is. It just sounds weird. I don't know if that's GML, but it is one of those products that was advertised in the style of. Yeah, like... I, I really admire GML because they, off, going off course here, but you know they come up with products that have one use and one use only, but they're the best damn at that use, best damn thing at that use. As much as we do make fun of them. GML does encourage innovation. Yes. <laughs> like you say. They say that in their infomercials. Yeah. Their products maybe have one specific use, but they'll take a chance Aye. on some pretty wacky stuff. So, I mean, so, they're still so in business. You know I, I am not going to diminish GML because I actually do kind of admire them. Yeah, there we are. There we are. Yeah. With, uh... Good to good to uh, get that. Yeah, on, we were on not, the record. We were not paid to do that. Yeah, we were no. <laughs> but JML, if you're listening, we could be. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, but imagine us trying to segue a sticky body advert into a podcast. <laughs> how, how would we do it? It's like you, you got you got a bit of, you got a bit of dust on the oh, on your shirt there. So Josh. I have. I've, not not to worry. <laughs> I have my new JML sticky body to grab that. Look at it go. Wow. Yeah. But the, but the... Josh, your sticky body's covered in fluff now. It's all right, Ben. I just have to rinse it under the tap. Wow. Yeah. Sticky buddies at all good retailers. <laughs> wow. Why, why am I not in advertising? Flawless. 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 Where were we? Back back to Kickstarter. Yeah. We were talking about popularity badges. Yes. And um, uh, how prevalent they are. Perhaps this will curb it then. It's like the Kickstarter equivalent of putting those like fluorescent stars on packets of sausages and uh, butchers. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Basically. This is really good. Yeah. Lots basically, of people like this. Yeah. It's basically what, what they should just say. It's good. <laughs> that's it that's puffery is that puffery no that's not puffery it, it, it's puffery if I say it's the greatest I think you're just selling a product to save because because actually I, that that's a thought of mine right Where, where's the line alright because you know at the end of the day yes we, we, uh, these creators are coming to Kickstarter to try and fund a project and an idea but at the same time you're still trying to sell it do you think like they have to go before like a judge be like, right. Joshua Hartley, you're hereby charged the crime of puffery. How dare you, Your Honour? I am the most, I am the most law-abiding citizen of all time. I will hold you in contempt, young man. 
oh god I'm doing it again <laughs> like, <laughs> but but no but like uh, seriously though like what where where is the line because what are we not allowed to say that uh, this is this is a great product I don't, no, think, I don't think there's anything wrong with like bigging up your pro- there's something wrong with being deceitful so the problem with that is that it maybe isn't puffery but you're talking about your product as if it exists it will be great yeah yeah it's going to be it's designed in a way to do this or you know it's yeah. designed in a way to do that I but I mean it's, they, they've clearly put a lot of thought into how they've constructed yeah. this right because where you can say this will be great at the same time the Kickstarter guidelines would be like maybe not a good idea to say My. that it's just explain what you want to do yeah but and this is it right these are guidelines. Yeah. These aren't hard and fast rules. So, uh, moving on, the next section mm. is outline the risk and challenges you may face. There, uh, now... There, there is a I, section I, on every Kickstarter yeah, page. Yeah, they, they have had to do that for a while now. But the problem is that it's underused. Aye. A lot of the time, like, it's just a like massive campaign page with yeah, all of these images and gifts uh-huh. and reviews, and then like one sentence in that section. Yeah. So people do need to outline that, even if it is things as obvious as sometimes ships go down. Aye. <laughs> ships sink. And if if we lose that stock, then there'll be a delay. There'll be a delay. Hopefully, insurance will help us yeah, with that. Exactly. But it. You, you really should be spelling it out. You Aye. want to be as transparent as possible. It could even be things like, you know, we're scheduled to launch production uh, in Christmas, but mm-hmm. if it's delayed and we have to launch after, it could bring us into Chinese New Year, which would yeah. be a further delay. Yeah, It's things like that. That's that's risks and challenges. Aye. And I, I, th- I think companies do just need to make more of an effort. and they, they've got a bullet point uh, list of questions that you should be answering with mm-hmm. your risks and challenges. Are there any past projects you're still completing? Hey, yeah. What does your budget look like for this project? Uh-huh. How much flexibility have you accounted for within your project's timeline? Yeah. Chinese New Year, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. How will your fulfillment plan expect a delivery date for rewards change based on the number of backers your campaign receives? Yeah, there we are. There's only ever one campaign that I've seen where they actually limited the amount of backers they could have oh, so right. that they could realistically manufacture all. Oh, wow. A, Which campaign was that? It was the card game for Critically Endangered. Ah, uh, right. They actually capped. Yeah. What, so and, they can't manufacture. So I, I, I missed out on that one, but at the same time I was like, oh, I can, can respect that because yeah. most people, if you go, do you want some more money? Yeah, and they're just going, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, please. Yeah, if, if you take this, you, you have to be responsible with it, okay? Right, yeah. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it it might be that specifically some of the smaller companies might have to look at mm. uh, imposing a cap. As much of a downer as that sounds, yeah, you need to be... Realistic in your expectations and realistic in what you. And certain manage. things can just blow up as well, like just like 
Well, there's been more popular than you ever thought in your wildest dreams. And some horrible repercussions can come out of that, like your mental health and all that can take a pounding, especially if you're expecting to maybe make like to maybe taking five thousand and making like a couple of hundred copies of a game, and then it ends up that three thousand people want a copy. That's a tremendous amount of pressure, especially if it's a team of two or three people. Or even one-man bands, yeah. you know. Um, what partners do you have in place already? Or which do you still need to secure? Okay, so uh, a lot of Kickstarters will say, oh, uh, we, we're, we're considering these manufacturers, right? Yeah. It's very rare that, uh, well, a responsible Kickstarter project would put out feelers for who they're going to choose to manufacture their product before yeah. going to Kickstarter, because guess what? That's how you figure yeah. out how much money you need. Right? Exactly. So, uh, um, art's the big one as well. I Yeah, who's going to do all your art assets? Are they able to do all yeah. of the art assets do, that you're committing to? Do you have all the art you require? Do you need to source more stuff out? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other things, the, the sort of more dry stuff that people maybe don't think about right away... Uh, Playtesting, yeah. rule book proofing, all yeah. of that stuff. That that stuff that you more often than not have to pay for. Yeah. And another thing that uh, you'd think would be obvious, but uh, in recent times has quite evidently been not. Um, have you got license to use that IP? That's happened a lot, hasn't it? That has happened a hell of a lot. Oh yeah, we'll just buy the IP after um, after uh, we've got the money. Funnily enough, you know, not not all like film studios and comic book uh, studios, etc. Um, they don't just l- let you do it for any amount of money. You know, they 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 want to have some element of creative control themselves. A lot of people are quite surprised to find out that quality assurance is a big deal for these yeah. companies. Like, we, right? <laughs> we don't want the license associated with drivel. Yeah. We want to see what you're doing first. Yeah. So there we go. Uh. <laughs> Are there any additional discrepan- oh, sorry, dependencies you need to account for, like third-party approvals or reviews that will be required before you're able to fulfill? Yeah, so that kind again, of covered that off as yeah. well. Um, there's a section here, introduce the humans behind your project. Which- a lot of projects do that as well. Like, yeah, they'll they'll talk about this is X. They uh, did the art for this. This is Y. They did um, they did the design of the game themselves. This is their experience. This is and this contribute this experience contributes to yeah. why this is going to be a success. But, so most people do that as you see already. But what it does say here at the mm-hmm. end, don't be vague about or embellish your or your team's experience. Yeah. Provide links to past projects, work, or career profiles mm-hmm. that demonstrate you and your team's level of experience. Yeah, there we go. It's like if you were writing a CV, right? And a lot of people do lie on their CVs. That's true. And they do embellish. That's true. And that can get you into trouble. Yes, because you get hired. You either get caught out and don't get hired, or you get hired and put in a job that is way above your head. So that this this next section is the other the other big one where I think this could rock the boat mm-hmm. quite a bit and it's rules for visually presenting your project. Yes. 
Okay. The following points are rules. Oh. Not solely recommendations. Okay. Violations of these rules can result in project suspension. This is heavy stuff. Shit just got real, Josh. Yeah. Shit just got real. Use imagery that is honest and transparent. Okay. Do show your product in its current state. Okay. Using authentic photos and video. Okay. Show your product with the least amount of editing possible. Minor edits that require when working with raw images are okay. Yeah. So that's like red eye and stuff like that. Ah, yeah. As long as these techniques don't disorder or misrepresent how your object appears in real life. Mm-hmm. Show design and development documentation such as technical drawings, unrendered CAD models, wireframes and sketches. Do not use photorealistic renderings anywhere within your project. It's like every project that involves miniatures. Yep. Every single one of them. Yep. So... Okay, so as as someone, if you were launching a project, a, a game that had miniatures in, what would you do rather than using the 3D renders? Because that's like the immediate go-to, right? Well, if I'm launching a project with miniatures, personally, knowing what I know about the industry mm-hmm. and, and what people who are attracted to those types of games expect, yeah, I would wait until I had my my proofs, prototypes, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call yeah. them, until I went to to launch my campaign. So, okay. I, so I at least had some couple of pictures. Yeah. And you'd use photos of those rather than 3D renders. Yeah. Which is what Steamforged and Coolmania are not do. It's what I like like I say, every single Kickstarter that involves miniatures do. Steamforged actually had a really bad backlash. Mm-hmm. With the Critical Role campaign in particular, yeah, because because it was it was all three D renders on the campaign, yeah, and then when they 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 funded, everyone's happy. They made yeah. loads and loads of money. People are high fiving each other, having you know snowball fights with dollar bills, yeah, like yeah, and then they showed the picture of the the initial proofs yeah. of the miniatures in one of their updates. And people went off their nut. Yes. Rightly so. And, and this is the thing that a 3D render can end up looking very different at the mm-hmm. other end. Yeah. Simply depending on what plastic you use, yeah. how you've cast it, all that sort of thing. Because what happened with the, the Steamforged minis in particular, from what I saw, is they used a plastic that tends to round off Aye. quite a bit after it's cast mm-hmm. so it means that you lose a lot of the, the sharp detail. edges yeah. yeah so it meant that a lot of the, the characters when they were <laughs> when they finally get the proofs of them yeah. they had like bloated faces and things oh, like delightful. that delightful yeah lovely uh, do not heavily manipulate your images to show future functionality including colour variations and software integration oh alright do not use imagery that gives a false impression of the number of products you've created. Okay, so... Uh, do not show your product packaging if it hasn't been produced yet. Yeah, that's fair. That seems logical, but right? That, but that's another one where people yeah. show 3D renders of the boxes. The box art, yeah. Yeah? 
doesn't even cost you that much to get a prototype of the box made. I th- no, I, th- I wouldn't have thought so. But I, I think well, what you could even do is like actually just print the panels off yourself. Aye. Does look a bit rubbish though. It does look a bit rubbish, but at the same time, it still gives an impression. Yeah, yeah. And if you just say this is a a rough prototype that we've made mm-hmm. of the box, mm-hmm. uh, do not use images or video that isn't your own without permission. <laughs> yeah, well, happens a lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's saying here about showing prototypes afterwards, mm-hmm. which is what we've covered already. Yeah. Do present your prototype functionality clearly in its current state. Uh, do create a video that demonstrates the stated functionality of your award as outlined in the project description. A single shot and edited video created on your cell phone is a good way to illustrate the full range of your products, features and functionality. And actually, you know, like, like again, in terms of presentation, the good thing with like filming on a mobile phone, it does look genuine. You know, it, 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 if you just do that and maybe maybe edit the sound a little bit, people, you know, it will accurately depict what your product can do. Well, wait till we get to the do nots. Because oh. I think the, um, and the, the last in this checklist, uh, if your project requires software and hardware integration, you're required to show that functionality or tell backers that it hasn't been developed. Yet. Okay, yeah. Okay, fair. Fairly, fairly common sense. Do not falsely demonstrate functionality that doesn't exist yet, even if it's a core component of the product. Uh-huh. Do not use imagery or video that is heavily suggestive of future functionality. And the last one, do not use CGI or special effects <laughs> to demonstrate functionality that doesn't exist. Yeah, that just seems... Seems fair enough, right? It seems fair enough, but pretty much every Cool Money or Not project, mm-hmm. the video for it is a CGI video. Yeah. Which looks great, you know, like, hey, they've got the voiceover and you've yeah. got the wee dude shuffling about the board. Aye. You can't do that now. Aye, you, yeah. And according to what they, they preface that last section with, you could actually face suspension for yeah. doing what Cool Money or Not have been doing as their standard formula so it is a question and so obviously they've put these rules out do we, do we think it's actually going to curb do you think it's going to work basically these I guidelines think, I think people can ignore the guidelines but that last section about how you visually represent yeah. your project that's a big deal and I think particularly for the companies that are doing the big mm-hmm. boxed games with the, the miniatures and all the add-ons and all that it's going to radically change the way that they have to approach Kickstarter going mm-hmm. forward. I'm thinking in particular, Cool Money or Not, Steamforged, Mythic, mm-hmm. those companies. Because a lot of the stuff that they're showing off it, it is just 3D renders. Mm-hmm. Or it's like the the cheesy video with the 3D rendering of the board and Aye. the pieces shuffling about, which does look great, by the way. Yeah. Like the, especially the Cool Money or Not videos, they're really high quality. Some questionable voiceover work, particularly on that hate one. <laughs> um, but it it's going to change the the way that Kickstarter's approach going forward, and I think it is going to change it for the better. Well, I mean, will uh, time will tell. We'll just have to wait and see, and hopefully, it does improve uh, things for the better. I've been say. saying for a while, though. I think that they are going to have to 
put the foot down at some point. Aye. Or they... Uh, I, I don't mean to exaggerate when I say this. I genuinely think that they could face a lawsuit on a governmental level. Yeah, if they exactly. Don't. If they... If, if enough people get ripped off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like Belgium weighed in on the... Yeah, that's true, on the loot box thing. Yeah. So... Yeah, so it's, it's it's got precedent. Yeah. Can we come up with a campaign that breaks as many of those guidelines and rules as possible? Uh, I dare say we could just copy and paste dozens of campaigns <laughs> that have already been to do that. It's not that hard. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. Just go on, go on Kickstarter right now. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just you'll find something. You'll find something. You will. It's hard to top that Game of Thrones card game. Yeah. In terms of just. Oof, anyway. <laughs> well, the, the, the guy that eventually got arrested. Yeah. Not for the the fraudulent game that yeah. he was making, but. Aye. So, something much more heinous. Yeah. Let's, let, let's move on. I regret bringing <laughs> him up. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, on on that pleasant note, I think that's all we've got time for yeah. this week. So thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, just to let you know, uh, by the time you are listening to this, we'll have been to G3 as well. well. Glasgow Games Gathering, not yeah. to be confused with Glasgow Gamers Group. Yes, who are running... It's cool. Um, <laughs> but we'll have been there, and uh, so if any of you there, I hope we saw you, and I yeah. uh, hope you said hi. Uh, and we'll let you know how uh, how we got on in the next episode, inevitably. Sure. All right. But with that, thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye.